I'm a lover, not a fighter. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman reporting for duty in Jacksonville. Tony Vaselli is in the great cold. white north. He's cold. Yes, Minnesota. <laughs> What's up, Tony? What's up, boys? We're, you're in Minneapolis, is that right? Yeah, just outside Minneapolis. So to, um, today, Logs, what's the temperature here? About 84, 85. Tony, what's the temperature in Minneapolis? Well, I woke up this morning and it was uh, minus 14. And it really warmed up, though. It's up to minus 2. I got uh, my mom, mom's side of the family, Tony, is not far from where you are in uh, the great state that? of North Dakota. And so yeah. I got some cousins that are scattered around the state of, of North Dakota, and uh, a couple of them were putting out uh, some information on Facebook mm. today and yesterday that it was minus 43 mm. there yesterday. You can have it. That'll wake you up. It's the great equalizer. Nobody has an advantage when it's that cold. I've, I've lived it before myself. Beautiful, beautiful area to be in in the summertime, but in the wintertime, run. Here's what we're getting to on the program. Yeah, but, you oh, know, hold oh, on. Before oh, you get oh, to what oh. we're going to get to. Okay. Hold on. Yes. Jeff, you say that. Like, so I had a meet. I met with this uh, individual today, and their favorite time of year is winter mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Yeah. Because they love the snowmobiling. Way. Snowmobiling. They love snowmobiling. They love ice fishing. Mm-hmm. They love lighting a fire in their house. And, mm-hmm. like, they just like everything with winter. And their comment was, you can you always put more clothes on to stay warm. Sometimes you can't take enough clothes off to uh, cool down. Tony, you know I'm, I'm an like, outdoorsman, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. And you're a bit of an outdoorsman. You like to fish a little bit. Yeah. What would you rather do, jet ski heat, heat, or snowmobile? Heat. Or just, just heat. Fish, okay, <laughs> casting to different places on a boat wearing short sleeve shirts and flip-flops. Yes. Or sign me up for that. Staring at a little hole in a tent that's got a little heater yeah. in it. No, it, but these people are serious, Jeff. It's not just a little tense. Oh, I so know. I talked to this guy. He, he, I talked to this guy today. He's taking his two daughters with his buddy, and the, the buddy's two daughters, like an hour and a half north, and they rent, they build houses yeah. three miles out on this lake, and on this house has heating, stove, like cooking, and they'll mm-hmm. spend a week out there, three miles out on this lake, eating and hanging out and fishing all day. Yeah. Yeah, fun. That how, sounds, yeah. How thick is the ice on these lakes? I don't even know. Feet. 18 inches. I, I asked really? all these questions. Yeah, 18 feet. inches. Yeah, it, it gets This really one's big. 18 inches. I, I remember as a kid, and um, my my grandfather lived and, and family lived in a little town called Langdon, North Dakota. It's kind of a sidebar thing here. And so in the wintertime, I mean, the only thing you could do was you had to have toys. I mean, as a as a teenage kid, well, my cousin Dan, who was like the the scourge of Langdon, because he was always getting in trouble, because that's what he did. And we went snowmobiling on a frozen lake one time, and it was one of the greatest experiences ever in my life. And it was great, but uh, don't care to go back and do it again. This is the early so Jeff, edition, you, early edition yeah, of the outdoor so, show this week, right here. I'll tell you. Yes. So I learned this too, Jeff. So up here, there's like like huge fines because what happens is the rule is 12 inches of uh, ice or more can hold a pickup truck okay you get under that you start getting a little bit you know iffy um iffy and what and by i think it's uh january february march 1st 
the forest and wildlife, whatever the organization is called, every, you no longer are allowed to have houses, permanent house structures on the lakes. For but you can still drive out around. there. Yeah, because of fear of falling in. But you can still drive out there. However, if you drive out on this lake and you fo- your truck falls in, or if you have a permanent structure that goes into the water, mm-hmm. the minimum fine is like $20,000. And you have to pay to get it all out. You have to pay it to get off. And <laughs> so this of buddy fire. of mine, the guy I was talking to, said, I go, how, how often does this happen? He says, every year, two or three guys, because they have to be the first ones out there, will go out there early before the lake is thick enough. <laughs> and they'll get out there in their trucks, and the trucks will go down to the bottom of the lake, and then they have to pay. <laughs> Divers will hook it up and winch it out. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the good Winch fish, though, before they're all caught, well, right? Well, you, what they're trying yeah. to do is they're trying to save the honey hole fishing spot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, trying to lay claim to that. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I will I've tell you. A lot. I've learned a lot up here. One last story about, about Landon, North Dakota. When I was a kid and went up there at that same time, I'll never forget, my cousin Dan let me have the snowmobile for a couple of days. And uh, so I decided you know, I'd go out and ride around, and I did, and I had goggles. Well, the goggles kept fogging up because it was so cold. So I just said, you know what, I'm not going to wear the goggles. So I just put the goggles up on the helmet. I did have a helmet. And I uh, started driving the snowmobile, and you start going a little bit fast. Well, once you start going a little bit fast, eyeballs froze. I blinked my eyes, and then I couldn't open them. My, <laughs> my, my eyelashes, yes, my, my, the tears from my eyes froze my eyelashes together, and I had to slam the brakes on and stop and chip the ice off of my eyelashes so I could see again. And, and so then, anyway, finished the day up, finished riding. Could only go so fast because if it went fast, my eyes froze shut. Couldn't wear the goggles because they'd freeze up. And then I go back to my grandfather's, and my mom sees me come in. She's where in the world have you been? I said, I've been riding the snowmobile. She's don't you know how cold it is? I'm like, no, Mom, it wasn't that bad. I go to take my jacket off, and I had one of those 1970s collars, you know, in a winter jacket. It had buttons up here on the mm-hmm. neck, and it looked like I had two hickeys for most of my teenage years because the buttons froze to my neck. I had to get water and pour it on the buttons to get the metal off of my neck. That's how cold it was. In, a, in the front page of the paper the next day, new record. <laughs> Still got the newspaper to this day. New record, minus 100. That was the, uh, the Fargo dispatch or whatever it was, minus 100 degrees. Yeah, you probably should not have been out there. More stories like this. That's why we're in Jacksonville. Yes. More stories like this Saturday morning on 1010XL, the outdoors show. Here's what's coming up (laughs) on the program today. Uh, Quarterback coach hired, Ben McAdoo. We'll discuss that hiring for the Jaguars offense. And they're in the process of building this offense. He and Jay Gruden, how does that work? We'll get these guys' thoughts on that. Quarterback talk is always defensive decisions are looming, and we'll go around the National Football League as well. That's what's coming up. Joking around there about some of the cold weather, but seriously, how that relates to this organization and and this football team. If you're a free agent, do you want to do what we just talked about and live in, in Minnesota or Green Bay or Detroit or Chicago or New York, or do you want to come down here and when you have an off season? When you have an offseason as an NFL player to have the weather that you can enjoy all different kinds of activities, indoors and outdoors. Well, Jeff, I, that's not what I'd make my decision based on. 
But I tell you what I would make my decision based on is the fact that there's zero state income tax in Florida. And up here in Minnesota, it's like the third highest. I think it's 12, 11 or 12 percent. And so do I rather have 11 or 12 percent less money or uh, would I like to keep that compared to paying to the government? And the same goes for Illinois, California, New York. Okay, that, that's all piling on the scale to yep. weight in the favor on the side of Jacksonville. And here's the thing. You know the most favorable, the three most favorable markets to play in uh, from a uh, uh, teams to play in uh, as far as a tax consequences? Texas. No? Which teams are the most favorable? Well, this, this one. Jaguars. Okay, Jacksonville. From a financial standpoint. Yeah, we're we'll gonna be there too. Uh, Houston. Okay. And, say Tampa, maybe. And Tampa. Nope. The three teams. If you want to pay the least amount of taxes as a football player, you should play in Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. Ah, that's right. Or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee doesn't. And the have reason state is, is because Tennessee, Texas, and Jacksonville have zero uh, state income tax. And if you play in Jacksonville, when you go, you play Houston every year, and you play Tennessee every year, and you're not going to pay income taxes as a visiting team in those markets as well. So you're guaranteed eight home games plus two, at least two away games every year. Ten games with zero uh, tax consequence from a state income tax. Well, kind of add one, carry the one. I, yeah, I don't know the math. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, unless you unless you're Indianapolis and the game is in London. No. No, Indianapolis has – Indiana has state income tax. Well, I'm saying so if you're Tennessee in, in the game – or no, Tennessee or Houston in the game. The, again, if you think about the, t- the tax laws in London, it's, you have to make the, over a, a threshold for it to make any consequence okay, at all. So even with playing I, in London – And, and okay. I know you know that, and I, I want you to explain that because there was a little bit of misinformation that was put out um, about what the tax consequences are in London. Well, uh, what's the real story with that? So I I, I don't want to get into the details, so I'll mess Just it up. Just give me the – There's a complex like formula. The but you have to make over a certain amount of money, which no one will actually make. And even if you touch it, it is a nominal tax consequence, almost you know non-existent um, for playing in London one or two games. And so this whole wringing of the hands and worry of, oh, my gosh – you know, it's going to hurt free agency. It's going to hurt people because the tax consequence of playing two games in London is a myth and it is not real because of the the floor, which let's say it's $4 million you have to make uh, before it kicks into a certain level for the London tax structure, whatever it is. And, and, and making that, that $4 million, I think it's right around that number. Um, and if you're a Jaguar player and you're only playing two games there, and so most players are not making more than a million dollars a week. So you're probably, you know, you're not going to get there. If you even barely touch it, it's a nominal uh, impact at most. Yeah, so, and I wonder if, if – uh, so It's broken down by the day, right? It's, well, like, it's, it's by the day, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because, you know, for a long time when, uh, when we would go and play in the state of California, we the state hammered. of California would try to tax you on one-seventeenth of your salary. Mm-hmm. Which essentially because, you know, NFL players get paid 17 game checks. So the 16 games in the bye week. So you're getting right. 17 checks. So the state of California would try to tax you on one-seventeenth of your entire entire annual salary. Well, tax attorneys argued successfully 
should be one sixty against or sixty fifth. That it's that it doesn't have anything to do with game checks. It has to do with what we call duty days or work mm-hmm. days. And an yeah, NFL player, day. an NFL player works an average of two hundred and fifty plus days a year. And so now it's if you're there for two days, it's two over mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty or one one hundred twenty fifth. That's the taxable amount coming to right. California. So. Uh, that has all changed, and I'm sure it's the same type of thing yes. in London. So but there's no real, there's no consequences. Yeah. The so line. and so the threshold that Tony's talking about, a lot of people say, well, four million. Well, Clays is making fifteen. Well, he's no, not he's making that in a couple days. Out. So that's right. Even in ten days, it might not exactly. No, it would be. No, Nobody's making no. that in ten days. In in the and, I, and maybe yeah. and four Player million wise. might not be the four million might not be the exact number I made that uh, I, I yeah, heard that number that range, I can't remember, it, but it's somewhere around there it doesn't matter the bottom line is this there's zero top there's zero real tax consequence for playing in London for a player. Now, for Sean, that's a different story. For a player, there's zero tax consequence. So, do you see how we weave that kind of cold weather storyline into Pretty good. That's pretty good. Because, I mean, that's the reality. I mean, there's so many different – this is a very attractive market for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Now you just need to to get what the player – well, first of all, first thing the player is going to want is size the contract. And number two, the stability – and the expected success of the franchise. That's the part that needs to be worked on. But everything else, uh, the, the, the financial implications, attracting the place to live, cost of living, et cetera, Jacksonville has the upper hand on a lot of that stuff. So uh, from, from a free agency standpoint, this is a very attractive destination. Hey, I'm going to live an example of it. Let's come back. We'll get into the new hire for the Jaguars, Ben McAdoo, quarterbacks coach, former Giants head coach joining the Jaguars staff. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh, wait, there it is. I was really worried for a second. Oh, they took your stereo, too. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Hey, Jax fans. You know green chili makes everything taste better. And our friends at 505 Southwestern make the good stuff. Flame roasted, premium quality. It's the famous Hatch Valley green chili in glass jars, not in tin cans. Try this idea. Mix some 505 green chili into your favorite salsa and add some kick. Or use 505 as a guacamole starter. 
You'll love 505 Southwestern. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Trying to do it Coming up at Daly's Place, busy spring schedule right around the corner. Kane Brown kicks it off March 28th. Cole Swindell, April 17th. A couple shows in early May. Kane Brown back around for a second show May 16th. And then these guys, the Lumineers, May 19th and 20th at Daly's Place. Great shows coming up in the summer as well. The Doobie Brothers wow. with Michael McDonald on tour with them now. And Tedeschi Trucks Band with St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Tickets at dailysplace.com. What a schedule is going to be. Tony will be on the couch up front for every one of them. Ooh. Yes, I mean, the uh, there's a lot of acts I'd like to see there. Cole Swindell, Kane Brown I like. Obviously, Tedeschi Trucks is always a... Uh, is a favorite luminaries. I mean, this is some good tunes right here. I mean, what great shows! Wait, I can't what wait. You just what was the in? band name? You love them so much. What was the name of this luminaries band? No, tunes? I just said. No, I, I didn't. This is. I didn't know this band. I said this is. I like this tune. It's the luminaries. How do you say it? Lum- Lum- luminaires. <laughs> luminaires. Luminaires. Sorry. Yeah, I was I, actually I've never just. Heard. This is great. I, just, I like this too. This is great point. band. Uh, I'm a, I really like them. And I don't I actually, know, though. I was just checking the calendar oh. to see what day of the week that is to see if I might be able to end my schedule, and, and I actually can do that, which what, is it's a what, Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Tuesday 19th Wednesday. and 20th. Yes. Back-to-back nights. I'm not Lumineers. I'm in. I'm not back-to-back. Lumineers. I like these guys. I've never, do, they have, do they have more songs? This is a good tune right yeah, here. No, like they got, you, they totally, have a lot you'd recognize. I, I don't think they're playing this song for two hours straight both nights. No, but I'm saying is there more? more I, this is this is a new. Uh, I'm saying are they are there a bunch of good songs, JP? You don't have yeah, to be a they, jerk. They've got good stuff. You <laughs> like really I'm trying like to have them. a conversation about the Daly's place, and because I'm curious, I love that place. As you know, it's one home away from home. It is. And the Luminaries. I've never heard of these guys. Yeah, hey, I tell before, you what, Tony. Like why, why don't you make a phone call and get the couch, and yeah. we'll we'll all okay. we'll, the four of us will go, and we'll get well, JP yep. to go. That'll yes. be no, five. JP, not your not your your. That's you're not that in that four game. You don't even so, know the band name, Tony. It doesn't matter. I I get to dictate who goes. And right now you're on the out. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, right now you're out. It's me, Angie, Tara, and Jeff. Okay. Right. Well, I don't want to be the fifth wheel anyway. No, good. I mean, I love That's you perfect. guys. I love all page. you guys, but I'm not. I'm not happy with you right now. Yeah, it's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hey, the Jags hired again. Ben McAdoo is now the quarterback's coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, former Giants head coach, 
former Giants uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach <laughs> hey, with JP. the Packers. Yes, Tony. Sorry to interrupt. Remember this about a month ago we were saying, is it too late to hire and make changes on the staff? That was a month ago <laughs> we had that conversation on right. the show. That's true, right? <laughs> this just happened recently, the other day. Well, um, we, we also talked at that time about well, what, what would a candidate for this staff look like? And we talked about how – in some cases, it would be uh, an offensive coordinator, for that matter, that somebody's not looking to be a head coach, maybe somebody that was a head coach, or somebody that wants back in the league. I mean, and this is the case, I think, with Ben McAdoo. I mean, here's a guy that, I mean, heck, he's been out of the league for a while, right? A couple of years, 2017, he got so, whacked, yeah. Uh, and I'm not, not criticizing him whatsoever. I'm, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, here was a guy that was hungry for a job and more than qualified, but uh, the situation that ended in New York didn't end in a variable in a favorable light, so it was viewed in a negative fashion by many people, unfortunately. But he's a more than qualified coach, and uh, I think it's a good hire by Doug Marone. I think Doug has had two very good hires on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, both with with Gruden and McAdoo. Think about on this staff and on this team now. The uh, half the NFC East is on the coaching staff from last year, last couple of years. Jay Gruden and and Ben McAdoo and Nick Foles is in the quarterback room. That's three fourths of the NFC East over the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, well, I mean the real, you know, ultimate test is going to be where are you at record wise? Where are you at production wise as an offense? And this is a, an extremely important hire because this is going to have a lot of say-so into who the quarterback is for the Jaguars in 2020. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, well, I mean absolutely. The embarrassment of riches, at some point there has to be a decision made. Who's going to be the guy? And Doug Marone, Jay Gruden, and – Ben McAdoo, not to be confused with Bob, because Tony put that in my head a little while ago <laughs> and was trying to confuse me. <laughs> Would you like to explain who Bob McAdoo is, please? He, he power, power forward for the Lakers. Played some hoops back hmm. in the day. Back in the back in the day, though, a while ago, seventies, right? Yeah, back in the what day. What day is that? You know, that's back a, in what it's day? a day. It's back in Joe Fortunato's day. Joe will tell you all about it. It's been I, a while. I heard been a some while. laughter in, in the distance when I said that. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, that's old. So here's a question I have for you. Obviously, you know, Jay Gruden's coming in with his offense, and he's got, you know, Ben McAdoo in the quarterback room and all that. But how long does it take for a staff – that's here in place already to adapt to his offense. How does that work? Well, let me let me start real quick, Tony. And I, yep. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see when Jay Gruden comes in the door. I mean, he's he's got his own terminology. He's got his own way of talking offense. Does Jay come in and learn the Jaguars' offensive terminology, or does he completely change it? My guess. If if you want your quarterbacks and everybody else to be able to start faster, is and now you have less people to learn, is that you have the new coaches learn the current terminology that you have, and that the coaches adjust and adapt to that terminology, so that the players 
have a language. And I might be totally wrong. Maybe they feel like that, hey, look, we need our coaches and our head uh, uh, offensive guy, our offensive coordinator, to be able to have his terminology because he can better teach it. Uh, but I would expect, though, that Jay Gruden's come in the door and he's had to learn the Jaguars' way of talking and then implement his offense with a lot of input from the offensive staff that's currently already here. Would you agree with that, Tony? Yeah, I think this is Jay's system. I think it'll be Jay's language. I think it'll be Jay's philosophies that obviously other people will be bought into and and be a part of. But I think it's Jay, I think it's Jay Gruden's offense. I don't think Jay's learning a new system. I think he's bringing his offense. So you think they'll change the terminology? I, I, I well, I think they'll maybe try to marry it as much as possible. Um, but I think Ty goes to the new coordinator. I think Jay Gruden's good. I mean, Jay Gruden has a philosophy. He has a way that he wants to do things and that he's comfortable with that he's done for a while, both as a coordinator at the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the head coach of the Redskins. It'll, it'll be interesting is, to see if that if that is, in fact, the case. I mean, because you look at, you know, you've got uh, a lot of coaches that are already on staff that have been working this system, this language. And so um, – I yeah, but know, only but, for a year because it was brand new. It was brand new last year with Flip. Yeah. I mean, so you like listen. I mean, I, like you say, most of the staff outside of a handful would go back to the Hackett language, which is I doubt they kept, or if they kept, it was you know at least bastardized a little bit when Flip came in because he brought his own stuff in, and when he came in, they brought Warhop as the new offensive line coach, so. You know, did they go and take Hackett's information and use his language, or put in war up saying, "No, we're going to do it this way"? And now you have, for the third straight year, a new coordinator again. That I don't know if there's a consistent language, Jeff, because it's been hard. You have multiple people all touching it, and so my guess is, if I'm Jay Gruden, I know what I want. I know how I want to communicate. This is what we're going to do, and we're all we've all been in this this league for a long time as far as coaches let's get on the same page let's get it right let's go teach it to the players that'll be that'll be an interesting question i'd been that's a question for the head coach that uh maybe we'll have answered by next week's show to see the direction that they're going to go but to me because if you're you're trying to make the players as comfortable as you possibly can and to, to allow them to learn at a faster rate my way of of or thinking is that you you have the offensive coordinator just I mean you got you know your Warhop, Keenan McCardell, Ron Middleton. Uh you've got a staff that for the most part offensively has been intact. So now you have one guy come in, do you change everything or just have him learn your way of talking but institute his way of doing offense? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it is. He's been no, doing he's, he's been doing his way for a long time. You man. could probably make the argument either way to be better. You know, but whatever's the winning way, Logs. I'm with you there. That's the, the right winning answer. way. Well, that is the right answer, JP. There is no right answer. Yeah, but guess the what? winning way is the right answer. Well, okay, you just said there's no right answer, and then you said <laughs> this is the right answer. So make your mind up. But here's the problem. You got to make a call now. And you know, you know, you want to know when you'll know you're right or not. Probably September. about halfway through the season. Yeah, no, halfway through the season when you find out what your record is. If you're in the hunt or not, but, yes. Yeah. 
Plenty to get to. We're back in a moment. Defensive decisions looming. Not just defensive decisions. There's offensive decisions, too. Oh, we can go through that also. How much time do we have? There are plenty to discuss. Well, I can tell you this. It's cap time. Coming in hot. When is, when is the date? March 18th is the new league year. Right around the corner. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. There's a chance your local GEICO agent has the same affinity for dad jokes as you. What do you call a fake noodle? I don't know. Maybe an impasta. Oh, so cheesy. Ah, did it great on you. Yeah, you really shredded me. (laughs) But there's a better chance your local GEICO agent could help you out with auto, homeowners, renters, or condo insurance. Motorcycle, boat, or RV insurance, too. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need to share a love for paternal puns to do that. Local GEICO agents. Call or visit yours today. There are a lot of SUVs on the road today, but many SUVs lack in sport and utility, not Ford SUVs. Because Ford SUVs offer intelligent four-wheel drive, not to mention ruggedness and versatility. Which means you can drive it like an SUV is meant to be driven. And you can drive it like a Ford. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Hey, Jax fans, you know green chili makes everything taste better. And our friends at 505 Southwestern make the good stuff. Flame roasted, premium quality. It's the famous Hatch Valley green chili in glass jars, not in tin cans. Try this idea. Mix some 505 green chili into your favorite salsa and add some kick. Or use 505 as a guacamole starter. You'll love 505 Southwestern. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back. Jaguars happy hour rolls along. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. We are in the midst of the offseason, but it will really crank up here soon. Today is February 13th. 
Uh, coming up the 25th, you can begin tagging franchise players. And then March 18th is the official start of the league year. There is a two-day window to start negotiating with agents of potential free agents before the 18th. But the 18th, I believe at 4 o'clock Eastern time, is the official opening of free agency. And by that time, and the start of the league year, by that time you have to be down below the salary cap. The Jaguars last, and we've talked about this before, depending on where you're looking, it looks like they're a little bit over right now. they got to do some work to get down, first of all, and then get down enough to be able to spend. And there's a lot of movement in the next month, uh, really, ahead for the well, Jaguars and, and, team. Well, and JP and Jeff, in the middle of that, those big decisions that we've talked about that you have to make by what, March 18th, you have the combine as well, which is pushed back a week this year. It's the last, I think it's the last week in February. It is, yes. Uh, it's usually going on right about now, um, but they pushed it back a little bit. And the league, the league year is actually starting a year, I think a week later as well this uh, year, for whatever reason. Well, the league, um, the, the, the season's like a week later than normal too. It's, it feels yeah, that way. Yeah, because it's, uh, yeah. Well, it all be, it all depends on where Labor Day fail, falls. Like yeah. this year, it was early because Labor Day fell um, at the beginning of September. Uh, this year, it's going to be at the like September eighth, and so it's going to be pushed back everything a week. That's why. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, you have we have big decisions to make, and you have to get down under the cap. And I'm sure they're having those conversations now. But at the same time, you start to have to evaluating probably the most important part not only for this year, but for the future of this franchise is with the draft equity that you have is the evaluation of the college players. That's and that has already started evaluating tape, but the big portion of that is the combine paring down your list and really digging deep into the top five to seven at each position where you feel like you're going to make a move. So you have a lot going on right now. It doesn't feel like it probably to the fans and to the people on the exterior because it's, a, it's quiet. You're not going to get a lot of the noise until you get to the, beginning of next month, but there's a ton of things that are going on that you have to operate, you know, in parallel paths if you're Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. Yeah, a lot. And, uh, man, at some point, you know, how is the progress going with, I don't know if I can say the Marion, but the the working together of scouting and coaching, which has been talked about since the end of the season. We've heard about that. Yeah, so – uh, you well, they're all getting together. They all get along now. They're all getting it together. They're, they're hand to hand right now. Well, there there is a, a lot going on right now, Tony. I mean, when you when you talk about that, a lot of things that are all going on at the same time. I mean, heck, you free agency evaluation, the decisions about your own roster, the evaluation of your own roster. I, I think is probably still even somewhat ongoing, just because of the new coaching hires that you have. Absolutely, uh, you want to get their input into uh, where this roster is at so uh, so the salary cap decisions the draft free agency uh, and then also this time of year is also a busy time of year medically for a lot of teams there's a lot of players that have had you know they've sent the car to the shop to get it tuned up so to speak where they've had off-season surgery so you've got players that are participating in rehab and uh, where are they at? The evaluation of where they're at. Where are they expected to be by the time the season rolls around? Where are they expected to be by the time OTAs roll around? Are they going to be available? If they're not available, do we need to have maybe a, a discussion about how the chemistry or the makeup of our roster might be a little bit heavy because we have player X who's not going to be available for OTAs? I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on with the NFL rosters right now, and uh, and it's uh, it's it's an it's, 
I don't want to say it's a never-ending process because at some point, you know, you've got to start playing football games and a lot of that stuff goes to the hands of those that aren't involved in the coaching aspect of it. But, yeah, it's a busy time of year. It's an, and it's a busy time of year that people have no clue the amount of hours that are being put in right now. Most people think well, about coaches are done. Thing, yeah. You're drinking beer, hanging out, you know, talking skiing. Well, they might be. They yeah, might be. At 5 o'clock, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> the, uh, but Jeff, the bigger thing is, I mean, and it's, it's, I think it's exasperated for this team because you have the cap issues. And so you have major upgrades that you have to make because I think if you look at the roster top to bottom, and I know there's debates even in the building of where they are and the evolution of how good this roster is, you know, in, in one way or another, but whatever, wherever you have it on the spectrum of being a good or bad roster, there still needs upgrades. There still needs improvements. And you have to do that in light of having no cap space. And so you have to change, you have to make moves, you have to restructure deals, you have to cut people and then add back to the holes that you've created. Plus fill the holes that you already had in the roster. Yeah, that's, and so it, that's I mean, a lot. It's, it's a lot compared to the Colts who have, I think, you know, $70 million of cap space going in to free agency. And so that's the interesting thing. And one of the things that, you know, maybe we can talk about next week um, or the following week, um, because I might be out of town next week, but regardless when we talk about it is where we sit as an organization, because where you have to start, I always believe is in your division. So we're in the AFC South. So it's us, Texans, Colts, um, and the uh, Titans, and where do you sit from a roster standpoint as far as being competitive to win the division? And then as you kind of segment it down, it's like, where do you sit salary cap-wise? Where do you sit at key positions? And kind of, because you're trying to compete, because the one thing, the one way to guarantee being in the tournament with a chance to win the Lombardi Trophy is winning your division. And so I, I think you have to start there. And part of that, this time of year, you're not on the field is you know who you know how much room do you have to play with to be aggressive to build your team up to improve it and the only one i know off the top of my head is the colts and you look at the colts as a young team pretty talented finished ahead of the jaguars record wise and has i think 70 or 75 or 68 million some big number of cap space that they have the ability to go make some moves and do some different things and so that's where you start saying, okay, you, you strategize. And Jeff, this is just going back to your point. How much is really going on behind the scenes, which is a ton, is you're trying to, you're trying to build your team for this year to win your division. But you're also looking ahead for years to come of saying, how do we continue to build this thing so that we are competitive year in and year out with a chance to win the division and go to the playoffs? Well, and that's been a lot of And that's of an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that, that process, I mean, look, they've been talking – and trying to get to that point, but they haven't been able to reach that. And so uh, you need to continue to swing. And uh, the, the first step, though, obviously with this roster right now, is you've got to find a way to get your cap where it needs to be. And I think there are some decisions, I think, that are pretty obvious, and I think there are some that you can sit there and debate about whether you do them or, you, you know, X, Y, or Z. I think the, the pretty easy ones, I think, are, are Marquise Lee. He's been hurt a lot. Marcel Darius is probably the number one. I think that's a given. Because of the money difference, right? I mean, here, what is his cap number? It's like 20-something 20 million. 22 22 million. Yeah. Um, if 
if Marcel Darius's cap number and, and actual salary were somewhere in the neighborhood of six, you'd be like, we're good. But that's about where the value that you would put on his level of play. Maybe a little bit more than that, but over 20, there's no chance. Um, Marquis Lee been hurt. His cap number is what, around five-ish? Ballpark? Four-ish, five-ish, something like that? I mean, production hasn't matched the number. It might even be a little bit more than that. The linebacker that you signed from Green Bay. Uh, Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. I mean, it's not a, it's not like a huge savings like Marcel Darius, but you're talking about a guy that w- wasn't even healthy when he played in yeah, the game. Played a game or two. Yeah, hey, but when the games that he yeah. played, he was he was hobbling around on the field. He was not he was not a hundred percent. You could tell by watching the film. And then after that, now you start to get into the category of guys that you you're gonna have debate about: Norwell, Calais Campbell, uh, Boye, AJ Boye. Does their level of play match their level of pay? You know, Clay's Campbell, you can make the argument that that for the not this past year, but the two years prior to that, his level of play exceeded what yeah, he was Jeff, being you paid. Can't pay, you don't pay someone based on what they did the last three years, last two years, or even last year. You pay them based on what you think they're going to be able to do this year. And that's the that's the part that is, I think, with Calais becomes very interesting because, number one, he's a fan favorite. Does his level of play last year warrant a $15 million salary this year? Probably it's a, not. And it's a, it's a 17 five cap. Yeah, the seventeen five cap of a fifteen million in real money spent or fourteen and a half or whatever it is. I mean, so it it does his level of play last year. Do you expect his level of play to be it or was his level of play last year? Do you expect him to be able to achieve let's let's stop there, Jeff. That's that's a great question. Do you think last year the level of play that Clay Campbell provided was up to the $17.5 million cap number and $15 million in real cash. Because that's where you have to start. Because you, you, you can't figure out this year until you talk about last year. Right. Do you think it was there? Me? You're asking me? Yeah, yeah. you. you. I, no, I don't, think, I, don't, you. I don't think last year that his level of play equaled his level of pay. Of pay. Okay, so if that's your belief, then what you're saying, you would – either get him to restructure and take less money or cut him. Because if it didn't happen last year, what would make you think it's going to go up this year? Well, here, here's – and, and see, that's player? that's where I think the argument that, that, that it's not as clear-cut as did he play to the level of pay last year because if if he didn't, why? Was he hurt? Was he – was did he play out of position? Did uh, – was there other – circumstances okay. or That's factors fair. that I factored like in. Agreed. He did play out of position so because he was asked to play year, a lot of three technique. Part, part of the year. Right, part of the year. Yep. Um, was he hurt? Yes. He had a yeah, couple issues. I think hurt is you take that into consideration because mostly when you get older, you're not going to get hurt less. <laughs> right. Oh, you die not. Well, I mean, here, here, I think I think a lot of times that's easy to assume, but in some cases can be very wrong. To assume that the older a player gets, okay, if it becomes gonna, habitual, let's cut to the chase. Let's yes. cut to the chase. I'm going to ask you, GM Logman, mm-hmm. are you bringing Clay's back at the same price he has currently under, which is seventeen and a half million dollar cap number, fifteen of new cash? Are you bringing him back at that? If rate? I, if I have to, yes. 
No, I'm asking you a question. Are you bringing him back? He yes. says to you, yes. Jeff Logman, either pay me this or cut me. That's your two options. What are you doing? I'm bringing him back. And then you're going to okay, try to trade him. Who? Yes. You? I'm not going to trade Kalias. You're not? No. Okay. Okay, so let me, JP, just you be quiet for a second. Okay, I'm just, just asking. Ask ask where did that come from? I'm just asking. That's right. Okay. So now you're keeping Calais. So now you mm-hmm. have to find, let's say, $40 million, 35 to $40 million in other places. Well, I so got I got almost cutting? thirty. I got almost thirty with Darius, Jake Ryan, Marquise Lee. Right. Okay. But I got to find another ten, ten-ish. You, you probably got to go find another twelve. Okay, where's your other twelve? That's where it gets in. You got to sign because you because you have Ngakwe to worry about. Mm-hmm. You have two first rounders in a draft class. You have to set aside cap for. I'm I'm going to franchise in Gakwe. So okay, so now you've taken 19 million. Mm-hmm. That's his cap number this <laughs> yeah. year. But you have to set aside. Mm-hmm. So now you have 11 left. I'll call it 10 left after cutting uh Darius, Ryan and uh Marquise. Mhm. So are you, you're basically saying I'm not doing anything in free agency then because I need that $10 million to sign draft picks. You probably need more than that. So like, who are you cutting, Jeff Logman? Because you've kept, you've kept Clayus, which, by the way, I'm not disagreeing with. But who are you – like, where are you finding the money? That's Well, like, I mean uh, – So your only, your so only choice at this point is Boye. Boye. Boye and Norwell. So, so you're going to cut both of those two starters, so now you – now you have your cap room, but now you need a left guard and a, and a number one corner. And what's the stronger draft of those position groups and all that might factor in oh, a little you know, bit? Well, there's they, a, they the, the top end of the corner is really good. Right. They don't necessarily have to be filled just by the draft. I mean, you can you can fill that. And I'm not saying top tier free agency, but in that lower tier of free agency. You know, because look, I mean, the reality is is that there's going to be other teams that are going to be letting guys go too. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a reason. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, same thing. I mean, just like your offensive line has issues, other people have issues too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd let Norrell go. I'm trying to build an offensive line, and I got to win this year if I'm the coaching staff. All right, let me ask you this. Oh, where do you go? I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's not an, it's not an easy answer. You know, no. You know, that, that's why when. Caldwell was asked about about the cap. He he felt very confident that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an issue. And I and I very confident. I, in fact, well, he was very confident yeah. in that. And and I'm and I, look, we don't know all the particulars of the numbers. And maybe if we knew some of that, we're guessing. We, yeah, but we're, we're guessing some on some of it. So if we knew the issues, with educated the, guess. Maybe we would have a little bit better understanding. But I mean, I, I'm very anxious to see how they go about doing this, how they go about doing this without creating more holes with a roster that you don't want to be able to, to create holes. So for. I'll say this, Jeff. Here's my thing with what I would do. Getting rid of Clayus Campbell and Ngakwe would really worry me on a defense that was not very good last year. And for two reasons. Whether – the bottom line is Clay's Campbell was your best player on defense last year, and he and he had a down year for him. 
based on what he did the two years before that. Um, and he's also one of your veteran pros leaders on that side that I think you need. I think the danger is you go back to 13 when they let guys like Daryl Smith and just, you know, clean house on the roster. You had a bunch of young guys. It was, it was problematic. So I worry about letting Clayus go. And from the sounds of it, Clayus basically said at the Pro Bowl, I'm, I'm not playing for less than what my contract says. Now, I'm, you know, paraphrasing there, but that's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. And then in Gakwe, you have a young player who does everything right, hard worker, loves football, maybe doesn't have the consistency of impacting the game every play, but has splash play ability that can change games. And you don't have that many of those guys on this team offensively and defensively and do you let one of the guys you drafted go i would franchise him as well because i don't think i want to i have a hard time thinking i want to sign him up for a 22 million dollar a year deal based on two seasons of under double digit sacks um but i want him on the team and so that puts you in a quandary from a salary camp standpoint of what to do and where to where do you create the space so i think it I'm with you. I think it's more difficult than um, it comes across when you hear Dave Caldwell speak, but maybe he knows something we don't. Let's come back. We'll go around the National Football League and wrap it up. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, When you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service. Recognized as a best place to work on the First Coast, they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com at ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. 
saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hey, Jax fans, you know green chili makes everything taste better. And our friends at 505 Southwestern make the good stuff. Flame roasted, premium quality. It's the famous Hatch Valley Green Chili in glass jars, not in tin cans. Try this idea. Mix some 505 Green Chili into your favorite salsa and add some kick. Or use 505 as a guacamole starter. You'll love 505 Southwestern. They gotta be. They gotta be a light wash. They have to. You know, you have to cut the inseam right. It can't be too long because that kind of looks weird. And then the the key though is the cut. And then you, you have, have to get, get it frayed. You have to have the right, right amount of fray. Because you're, you're square, square, you're just walking on a fresh cut. cut yes. That's Gardner Minshew on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. He's discussing how to make jean shorts. Shorts. Yes. And uh, the fray apparently is the most important part. That was on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logham, and Tony Vaselli. Uh, by the way, Jawan Taylor was uh, out in the community today. Mm. Uh, we went over to Andrew Jackson High School and visited with um, some of the kids there and discussed safe driving and uh, Jawan Taylor's experience there. One of the, the troopers from the Florida Highway Patrol joined us on stage today and uh, Jawan's doing well. His off-season training is well underway and uh, getting stronger and bigger and better for next year in the future. He's going to be a good one. Good one. I, mean, he's, I think he's got uh, the makings of, of, of a perennial Pro Bowl right tackle. I mean, he's got some things that he needs to work on, consistency, but, I mean, he has the framework, the base to, to be that kind of a player at right tackle. He's so strong, and he gets great movement. And uh, as a as a as a pass protector, I think he's kind of a natural. Just needs to work on his hands a little bit, but uh, he's a yeah, what, very what, gifted Jeff, player. When you look at when you look at Juwan, what do you think he has to work on to become a great player? Uh, his hands need to be better. I think first and foremost, I think his run game stuff I think is very good. I think it can be taken up another notch, but I think it's just more. I think the biggest thing with a lot of young players is understanding how every week is different and preparing for specific individuals, understanding their game, and not just showing up to play football. Because, I mean, because, Tony, you know, and I did the same thing, and that the more intricacies that you know about your opponent, the more prepared you are to be able to stifle them. And, uh, and that's one of the big next steps that he needs to take. But, I mean, he's got the talent. I mean, he's got he's got he's got he's got the toolkit. Sure. Wow, has he got the toolkit? Let's go. Yeah, around. I I, oh, I sorry, think Tom. I think it's yeah. Sorry, I, I think I agree. I, I agree with you, Jeff. Number one, uh, to me, it's less physical with him, and it's more of a mental exercise to become a great player. Now, what he has to do, and and if I get a chance to talk with him, I'm going to share with him, is you never stop improving as an offensive lineman or any player. And the way you improve as an offensive lineman is repetition, repetition, repetition. And so like, even though you know how to set and you know, the footwork, you need to be doing hundreds of those sets. 
as much as possible. And you need to go from just having one vertical set. Now let me add to my toolbox. I got a, you know, a, a jump set. I have a flat set. You know, I, you know, I can go from, I can show flat to vertical. I can do different things. So you just rep, 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 rep. And then your hand placement is literally just getting on bags and, and getting guys out there and working with guys and working on your, your aiming point, your focus and one hand punch, you know, two hand punch, you know, punch snatch. I mean, so it's just repetition, repetition. It's not like there's no magical thing. Like I think a lot of guys are always looking for this magical drill or this magical technique that will make me better. To me, it's always like, okay, let me understand how to play the game. Let me understand how guys want to rush and, and there's because there's only so many ways you can get to the quarterback and let me get a game plan for every rush and kind of how I think about it. And then let me start marrying my technique and the different things I have in my toolbox to that and work on that and rep it and rep it and rep it. And then I become so proficient that when I get on the field after watching tape all week and then I have my game plan, I understand what I want to do. And then I just go out and react to what I see and make adjustments as I go because I've wrecked it so much, it's second nature. Marrying is the word of the show today, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, let's go around the National Football League quickly. Uh, the Chargers have said that Phil Rivers will become a free agent. Where does he end up, guys, quickly? I have no idea. Tony? I'm going to say he ends up in um, Indianapolis. Interesting. In the division. Wow. Yeah, mm. I think he goes to Indianapolis. The Saints have a situation. I think I think, that, I think, I think, the, I think the Colts uh, draft a quarterback in the first round, a young guy, and they get Philip Rivers for a two-year stint um, to be their quarterback. A the, perfect situation. They have a good offensive line. They can protect them. They have a run game. And uh, when their skill set is healthy, they're pretty good. Taysom Hill of the Saints this week said that he definitely views himself as a franchise quarterback. He's only thrown 13 career passes in the NFL. He's living in a dream world. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be in New Orleans, though. Well, look, I mean, look. Well, and, and I and, and I view myself as a Calvin Klein model. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a good analogy because when you throw him, how many passes in the National 13, Football League? Six of thirteen. Okay, passes. you're a far cry from being a franchise quarterback. Okay. Taysom Hill. Okay. As I am a far cry from a Calvin Klein model. Yes. Jameis Winston was the first 30. Unless, unless, 30, it's, an underwear, unless it's an underwear model. Yeah, <laughs> Jameis Winston That's was the first 30 30 <laughs> quarterback in the NFL. Touchdowns and interceptions in a season. He's now 20 20 vision. He had LASIK surgery. Yeah, his eyes. Issues. His, uh, he was what? Nearsighted? Yes, very nearsighted, apparently. Unless, unless, unless it fixed a colorblind issue, I don't think it matters. Huh. <laughs> And finally, and uh, how about this story from uh, Ohio in the National Football League? Um, there was a medical board that ruled on Wednesday that being a fan of Cincinnati or Cleveland does not meet the condition requirements to purchase medical marijuana. This is a real deal. There were <laughs> petitions on. filed by people <laughs> in Ohio saying being a Browns or Bengals fans was enough to be able to buy weed. They ruled it down, though. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Tony, enjoy the cold. I love it. Sounds Not like really. it. it. Sounds like it. Sounds like oh, really. oh, I, can, I can lie. <laughs> Tony Maselli with us. Uh, Jeff Logman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thanks to our entire crew. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.